Hi, my name is Rose, and I'm here for those people who haven't discovered their spiritual or intuitive talents and how I can relate to you in your journey. Welcome back to your Not Alone podcast with yours truly, Rose. We are going to talk about how the Olmecs, Mayans, Toltecs, and Aztecs ecosystem before the conquistadors came in the 1500s. We have an amazing guest with us, Gabriel Navarre. He is a surrealist artist and who is a college art history teacher and spent time researching and exploring several ancient sites in Mexico and Guatemala. Welcome to the podcast. Pleased to be here. Yeah. Thanks for having me here today. Of course. And how are you in terms of everything so far in college life and being art, his art teacher? I've been doing it for some time now at the college level for over 20 years. And I truly enjoy what I do. Okay. All right. So how did you end up um, studying the ancient um, Mesoamerica culture, art, history, and how did you offer to teach these materials to your students? It just happened that um, I got a full-time job on the Central Coast, and um, I was uh, offered to teach Mexican art history. Mm -hmm. and I accepted it and the passion began with that it truly did mm -hmm. although I had experienced hints of hints in art and architecture in storytelling yeah. about uh, Mesoamerican cultures even as a child and it's you're drawn to it because of your um, your heritage and you want to learn more um, your, your heritage to Mesoamerica and where uh, other natives and other tribes came from or where your ancient roots came from, basically. Yes, that is, that is true. But I'm also interested in a broader scale to learn about uh, humanity, our ancestors in general, mm -hmm. um, whether they are our own um, in terms of our personal roots within a particular land or not, but maybe spiritually yeah. connected to our ancestors that way. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And, and we are all, we all have our indigenous roots, you know, for me, example, in the Philippines, we all have indigenous roots pre-colonial um, periods and we just need to just dig into our own history but we're, right now we're just talking about mesoamerica and as i also introduced you in this podcast um you had a you had so much time to or i should say you spent time researching and exploring several ancient sites specifically in Mexico and Guatemala in the lenses of an artistic perspective what did you learn visiting the ancient sites there's so much to say about that um, from Stella which are the standing um, or I should say vertical uh, 
um, for lack of another word, vertical slab that is designated to, to um, the person that is um, being dedicated this honor, this stone. And then, of course, there's the architecture, mm-hmm. the temples, um, even as maybe as uh, slightly corny as it might sound, even just smelling the earth mm-hmm. once entering um, a, a temple, because for it example. Can, yeah, because you can smell the, um, the aromas of, you know, the temples. And if it's kept like... Uh, or if it's maintained, you know, and orderly maintained, um, it's. I feel like it's gonna also maintain the image of the ancient temples. And for example, the Chichen Itza. Can you talk about more about um, Chichen Itza? And in twenty seventeen, I was um, I was so drawn on, like reading about it. And something tells me that I should go there. And can you also explain the ladders of the nine steps of the to the underworld, too? Well, based on your research, it's not only research, which is part of it, because I did do a lot of um, readings yeah. from different sources, and uh, just gathered and filled my imagination with the amazing peoples that live there, mm-hmm. the Maya and the Maya Toltec, and um, what Rose was alluring to by the nine levels of, yes. the, it's of the underworld, and mm-hmm. I feel that many of the cultures in Mesoamerica um, they have that in in common that they have nine levels to their underworld and their important pyramids for example in Chichen Itza yes it's the uh, temple of Kukulkan and it's also known as El Castillo which means the, the castle yes and in some ways it is a sort of um, I, I believe an honor to to the sun which it follows it's facing east to honor the rising sun and it's also a calendar um if you want more information you're welcome to just google el castillo and chichen itza mm. you'll find out a whole lot more in, in videos there's a lot of mysteries around it yeah in that region of southern mexico and into central america one of the important birds is the uh, quetzal and um which means a bird it's a it's a feathered bird it's a bird yes i i was gonna say um Mm. going with kukulkan Mm -hmm. which is the maya word for uh, one of the gods of agriculture and wisdom and and literature uh, quetzalcoatl Quetzalcoatl. uh, the the feathered serpent Mm -hmm. so I'll leave it at that for now. There's much more to be said yes. about this magical um, creature, magical city. And mm. when you say creature, I can, I can only imagine that you're talking about Quetzalcoatl. the feathered serpent. Yes, yeah. Quetzalcoatl. Quetzalcoatl, yeah. 
Mm. Uh huh. And and based on your research, because these structures, um, for example, I'm just talking about one like Chichen Itza. There, they have some similarities around, and it's connected. I feel like it's connected to. Um, the ancient Egyptian culture and art and architecture and how do you think it is connected to that ancient civilizations and, well and I, Sumerians yeah too. and Sumerians well one way that I think of it is that they all built in one form or, or another what may be described almost generally as a ziggurat which ge generically speaking is a stepped pyramid or a stepped, stepped temple ziggurat yeah so that's at the very minimum what that is also that they were constructed facing a certain i would say um sun moon or cosmic oriented direction mm -hmm. so that's something um that um is fantastic to, for me uh, it's very engaging and and just fun especially coming from a person that appreciates um things that have to do with the cosmos yeah and speaking Absolutely. of cosmos speaking of cosmos because they said that those pyramids are lined up to the stars or constellations for for also for instance like ancient egypt like in the pyramids of giza they were all constructed because just because of astrology and mm. they they have that they have that they're method. aligned in that they way. are aligned in that way yes. and and they are also aligned in the sirius star and the orion constellation which is i feel like it's fascinating because how are these you know how are these um ancient, ancient geniuses ancient geniuses <laughs> came up on these calculations that oh we should build a site uh, in egypt like we should just do it like we 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 might have some connections to the stars um and we might our some of our ancestors might came from the stars mm -hmm. you know and also those ancient um, mystical um, inscriptions according to um, Egyptian and Sumerian tablets and also you um, there's some I know I'm going to be the next question which is um, in the depth of your study around the ancient Mesoamerica what kind of ecosystem structure they created in their tribe dated back from 3000 BCE or earlier or earlier because I believe so I think I, I, I recalled that you mentioned tablets too so that's why I'm inserting this question and I believe that it's also similar but can you talk more about their own ancient um, Mesoamerican um, pre-colonial um, ecosystem structure or economic structure Okay, that's that's something that could be um, carried on in conversation, but I, I must say that um, the Go ahead. that one of the earliest cultures that I know of, and there may be others that um, are still being researched because 
although I'm not an anthropologist, um, I find it to be a fascinating field, mm -hmm. as well as um, archaeology and cosmology, and we can go on with that list. But um, I do have a, a, a great interest in why structures were built, for example, and why they were built a certain way, and what natural resources were um, potentially depleted. Yeah, yeah. Um, because we it can took... talk about their currencies and basically how they rule the tribe too. In know. terms of currency, um, and this I find fascinating because I also am uh, humongously fascinated with ancient cultures from Asia. Mm. And and the reason mm -hmm. I say it in this context for for now yes. is because jade, the green. And now I'm not an expert. It's like a, it's a gem. It is a, is gem. a gem. Okay, it thanks for helping it's on a, that one. It's a it's a precious tone. So basically, the I know we're sick. We're we're not in the topic right now, but. And a side note, this jade is basically very valuable to the ancient China and um, because they also use this for their currency and they also protect them from bad spirits too. So that's what you would say that's one of the functions one of, of the jade? Pro properties of okay, jade properties. Okay. and also um, it brings abundance mm. too. Yeah, that's one Wonderful. of the properties of the jade. Yeah, and there's a lot of... There's a lot of um, kinds of jade, and I'm just going to name a few. Um, some of them are white jades, some of them are aventurine, and some of them are nephrite. Nephrite. Okay. Yes. Yes. So going back to um, the Mesoamerican yes. jade, and I think there's another um, currency that might be also important to them. Well, before I move on to cacao yes every who doesn't love chocolate oh yeah but I let me go back quick, quickly to jade uh just from my if you want to call it research which yeah. in many ways it was but it was more like the pleasure of learning about um certain aspects of at least my ancestors yeah um j uh, jade is spoken of as a representative of the sky because jade comes in different that's interesting shades. yeah and but it also represents rain mm. and of course water is crucial to everything every living thing yes including what we call us humans i wonder if ais need water too um or at I, least I the, think the, the idea the but idea. that's another topic that's altogether <laughs> 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 I think the idea of um, AI, it's not probably water-friendly or no, maybe not. I, okay. No, I don't think so. But going back to um, the rain it, and connection to yeah, jade. Especially because jade can be a, a, a wide range of, um, I guess you can call them values and yeah. or hues Yeah. Uh, from the darkest greenest black all the way to a very pale green yeah or bluish green 
Yeah, because there's a lot of, like I, like I mentioned earlier, there's a lot of variations of jade. And it also differs also from how soft to, I think also soft to hard is too. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And there's also other colors of jade too. With, I think they might also have some orange ones. Mm. Yeah, they have some orange ones too. And I'll oh, tell you that yeah. hearing that, oh, I've yeah. never seen them. And um, I may even put s- s- what you said on my bucket list. Like, I have to see one of those. Yeah, yeah. They might so, be selling it no. on Chinatown or uh, um, other spiritual shops, too. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, because, of course, jade is, is highly valuable. Even, like, mm. just growing up in the Philippines, my mom always um, have those um, jade mm. decorating... Um, to protect us or to bring abundance. I see. Yeah, there's a lot of symbolisms around that. But also going back to um, currency and economic systems around uh, Mesoamerica, Mesoamerica dated back from older, um, this is pre, um, sure. pre-colonial well, or 3000 BCE. So I, okay, so earlier. yes, um, I mentioned cacao yes. and the using um, uh, chocolate as uh, before it's made into chocolate, but in, in it's cacao and it comes like a seed state. Uh, then uh, it can be used almost like what we think of as money, currency. Yeah, and how did they decided to? Um, to use cacao as a currency, like why it is, is it, what is, it's why value. it is valuable, yeah. Why I'm not an valuable. expert on the politics um, or any of this for that matter, but I did research and study this and taught it for several years, but, and I'm a, I mean, I'm a student of it and I love it. So thanks for listening. Um, but the chocolate actually was, predominantly used for the aristocratic for the upper classes so being that they had it it was Mm. considered of value Mm. and then if you're lucky enough it'll trickle down a little bit to to us to me the the commoner but it's more of an elite Mm. um product i see and that makes it tradable and there were speaking of trade there were there's evidence that there was trade, for example, between the Maya and the Aztec, and the Aztec perhaps all the way to the peoples of the what we call the Southwest, yeah, um, the Arizona area, New Mexico area, mm. and that some of the potential trade routes involved trading turquoise. Turquoise. Uh huh. Turquoise is a, a color. Of- that is highly valued, not just in the actual uh, gem. Is it? It's a it gem. is. It is a gem. Okay. It is a gem. But also in the feather work that um, is acquired by um, the different, let's just call them the different birds yeah. and tropical birds uh-huh. that were also used in trade: hummingbird feathers, eagle feathers, of course, quetzal feathers. Um, and, and other, I imagine, other birds of prey as well. Um, great topic for me, because it gets my imagination thinking about um, 
for example, Dia de los Muertos and the Aztec drumming that often takes place and the and the honoring of our ancestors and the four directions. So what kind of empire, you know, from dated back from the oldest um, civilization in Mesoamerica, like, for example, Olmecs, what what are the differences of these empires, Olmecs, Mayans, Toltec, um, I, yeah, I Aztec? Don't, I don't know if I would call them empires, per se. More like... Um, I, I feel like the Aztecs were more that way. Sometimes I think of the Aztecs and um, in my little mind that they're kind of the um, the the Romans of Mesoamerica and that mm. they spread their quote-unquote empire. Um, and I feel that the other folks, um, the Maya in particular, they did expand, of course, mm-hmm. and it was all about resources, mostly, I think. Maybe there was something else to it that I don't know. Yeah. Um, uh, showing power or greed or um, fluffing your feathers, so to speak. Mm-hmm. But um, in general, they I consider them more Greek-like in the sense that they were city-states. And they often battled each other and it was often about power and what i mentioned but often it's resources as well i see so so based on you know like ecosystem structure and them um i also believe that about the crops and how like they worship the crops too and um good good question yeah yeah good point um Please continue. I'm sorry, but I'm already thinking about the crops. That's why. Yeah, the crops. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, just by by the questions itself, like the crops. And Mm. I heard um, that Mesoamericans used to worship um, the crops or the corn and how is it really valuable and how, how how are they sustaining them? Like what else, what? What mm. else are they eating, and what else are they just, yeah, in general? Like, mm. basically, their daily living, like, based on your research. Mm. Well, um, I know that uh, tomatoes were known. Yeah. I like that word that's from the Mestique, Mexica, sorry, the Mexica um, slash the Aztecs. Tomatel for tomato, but they also had squash, and we were talking about trade routes earlier. Yes. The, I, there's the other direction going to South America. There's some evidence of trade with the Inca, mm. the grand civilization of Peru, mm-hmm. or well, one of them, because there's other civilizations there as well. But they're the most known, as far as I know. And uh, so the main um, commodity and trade item that was used was gold. Gold nuggets. Gold nuggets. That were molten and then reshaped and molds were made to make different faces or uh, even a solar disc, for example. And um, as many of you may or may not know, gold 
um, was, and this is a whole different topic, but um, during the conquest, yeah, uh, when Cortez, had, I mean, there was the other conquest down south, of course, and many other ones of, as well. But right now I'm focusing on the Aztecs and the, around the center of Mexico. Um, on this, uh, when the Aztecs um, explored the coast, which the coast of the Gulf of Mexico is Veracruz, Mm-hmm. Uh, named by the conquistador Cortes means it means the true cross. So he arrives around 1519, mm-hmm. and uh, when the Aztecs catch breath of that, they've never seen horses before. Allegedly, I'm not an expert on that, but supposedly they didn't see horses, but they saw these men that separate from the horse, and um, uh, I, I believe that, that it goes that. Moctezuma II, the emperor of the Aztecs, he sent him a little gold to make him go away. And that, of course, made the Aztecs hungrier for more mm. gold. And I believe that that's another topic. They mean topic, the conquistadors, the conquistadors are, are, are hungry for gold. They wanted, they're tre- they wanted treasures, yeah. 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 They wanted the treasures. Yeah. 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 That's, um, that's a different um, whole topic. Yeah, it's a big topic. Because then it leads into colonialism yeah. and um, different architecture and a lot of hybridizations that took place. Definitely. And are there any, um, have you acquired any spiritual teachings um, from your research? Oh, yeah. I feel that one of the, the biggest ones that takes me to a place. And it's multifaceted, so it, it involves nature. It involves, um, even though I don't like hot weather, it involves sun energy. Mm. Uh, it involves getting excited about a full moon and so on. Okay, but I feel like a lot of it has to do with um, smoke, healing smoke, for example, incense mm-hmm. or um, sage or copal. Um, just yeah, yeah just having the 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 it's very soothing and meditative for cleansing and it just is for um for their own rituals can you explain how they do the um ceremonies um yeah around well, it's it's as complex as um uh at least in the big cities like in guadalajara but Mostly, I experience it on Mexico City. Yeah. Um, the big, large cathedral. Um, there's masses going on, and and I mean, and, I mean pre pre colonial history. But 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 yeah. There's all there's this he, there's these healers. Well, these are the ones I met. I see. That I actually met. I see. And and they are, they have a little. Um, you don't have to pay them anything, but you can obviously give them a donation. And they bless you. Mm. They bless you. This curanderas. They're, they're healers. Mm. Yeah. So that's what the, the, the spiritual aspects involve nature and the smoke and the and there's drumming involved. And there's obviously, I love art. Um, and so it involves all of these things and, and also oral histories. Mm. So another place where I witnessed um, this spiritual um, just spiritual connection wake up moment if you will or Mm -hmm. 
uh, just a different tier, if you will. It's actually a dual place or triple place, but I'll narrow it down to, I'll just name them Ushmal, U-X-M-A-L. They are the Temple of the Magician. Temple and they of the Magician. Yes, it's not far huh. from Chichen Itza. It's a bus right away. And they have so much freedom there. There's there's people and um, everyone's smiling and they carry fresh fruit and veggies. Aww, and, and that's and, so nice to visit. And <laughs> even living chicken, li- living chickens. They love chickens. Yeah, they're, just they're flying around. Living, it's really, living, it's really wonderful. Living stock. Yeah, it's, it's wonderful. That's so nice. Yeah. I yeah. feel like they're, what you're already describing, they're very heart-welcoming um, people. Mm-hmm, and definitely. They're just, they're just there. And, um, and, they, and they're making beautiful things um, in terms of arts and crafts. Yeah. Um, and they, they are also very talented in, in building objects, building structures. Um, homes mm-hmm. and mostly and and or businesses yeah um, but also I just want to add that um, everybody eats right is that a general <laughs> of course. okay so I just mentioned that because they do have all kinds of wonderful food um, and every region is different just yeah. like I could imagine er, the, the meals here in California, generally speaking, yeah. are very different than the meals you find in um, um, Louisiana. You know, they have, <laughs> for example, so there's all these different regions. Okay. Where am I going with that? The food. That, the food. Yeah, the food is, the food is so magical. Bomb. It's spiritual. Mm. Uh, people gather. They honor the food. That's see. Uh, so that's another way of reconnecting with nature and being grateful. I see. So what do you see as a possible connection between the ancients and our contemporary world? You know, my focus happens to be, um, I'm not um, close-minded. I hope you don't feel that way. I'm not myopic, if you will. I like to keep it broad. So for me, my the way that I experience and enjoy and I'm getting to your question. I'm very wordy right now. Um, it's through art. Mm-hmm. So I can see that a lot of the ancient art has made its way into, through colonial times, Yeah. Um, through the 19th century. Yeah. You know, the era after um, Mexican independence. Yes. And then through the revolution, 1910 to 21. Yeah. And then through the murals, mm-hmm. the, the Diego Rivera's, the, and then the Frida Kahlo's work. Yeah, they're... To name just a couple. Yes. Okay, I'll name a third because I like the number three. <laughs> um, Siquieros. Okay. Anyway, they, their, their work, the ancients' work, and even through today... Uh-huh. You see the work in Dia de los Muertos, the Day of yeah. the Dead. So that whole Halloween slash November 1st and then November 2nd, you see a lot of images of um, skulls and skeletons. So I think of um, Jose Guadalupe Posada, mm-hmm. who is a master printmaker 
from around re- Mexican revolutionary times. And it goes back to, if you really look further back, further back, you see a lot of skulls in Toltec, Oaxacan, meaning Zapotec or Mixtec. Mm-hmm. But mostly I see it a lot in um, Mixteca art. Um, if you look really closely, you can kind of see it in Olmec going way back. You can see it. Mm-hmm. So those are just a few ways that I, I've experienced it. And and in so-called um, street art and murals, I see it. Especially where I mostly grew up in the Fruitvale in Oakland. Mm-hmm. And then you see much influence i believe also in yeah, the mission a lot in san francisco influ- especially the mission in san francisco yes. when you go into that street is like oh my god like photo mexicano it finds you <laughs> it finds you all the murals all the art like especially in 16th mission like it's really really well designed and they still bring the cultures from pre-colonial to uh, until today it's it's mixed with it and like he, like on to piggyback on what he said, it's just the Dia de los Muertos um, culture, and they still bring the um, pre-colonial um, celebrations or ceremonies. I mean, I yes. I think ceremonies are more pro- appropriate word to. Um, they commemorate yeah. and celebrate their lives. Yeah, their lives or spirits yes. and the living too at yes. at the same time because it's the summer's end it's the Samhain season which is also going back to the Celtic but that's another topic that I already discussed in episode 3 <laughs> for, on this podcast well thank you thank- so much and and I'm really um, honored of hearing you just um teaching us, guiding us on what we need to learn about Mesoamerica. There is so much, so much to learn. Um, As I said, I am definitely a lifelong student. So there's a lot. There's so many things that are being unearthed. And um, hopefully they're well respected. Yeah. um, And that they're not treated as um, um, commodities for, for the sake of money yeah. because it, it's part of uh, human creation that was created millennia ago. So yeah. we've got to respect that. That's true to end, to end on that. And um, thanks again. Thank you again, Gabriel, for being with us here on the You're Not Alone podcast. My pleasure. Thank you for picking my brain. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. If you really like this podcast, please follow me on my Facebook and Instagram page and TikTok too, um, linked in my podcast description. And I'll see you next week. Bye now.